How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by Ben Gorowitz on today, April 12th, 2022. Ben, say what's up to the people. Yo, what's going on, man? Hey, glad to have Ben back on here, guys. Um, me and Ben lately haven't talked too much football, so it's going to be good to talk some football. NBA play-in does start tonight. Me and Aria recorded a podcast of that yesterday. We're going to do another one later this week to give the full playoff preview. But anyway, Ben, NFL draft, man, right around the corner. I guess it's the tw- January tw- – or sorry, April 29th. So it's going to be at the end of this month, back a little farther than it usually is. Usually it's kind of that – my birthday's the 26th, so usually it's like right around that date. This is my birthday's on Tuesday. You know, they're choosing to do it. Later on, which is perfectly fine with me, we'll start out on Thursday for the first round. Second and third rounds are on um, Friday, and then the last, the four through seven are on Sunday. But me and Ben, pretty much, we're going to talk for y'all today. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks a little bit. We're going to talk about the um, top offensive weapons, and we're just going to give you all a general overview. Before Ben brought up a great point on text today. There's really no point in us doing a mock draft because we know we're going to do completely wrong. Ben, you feel like there's going to be a lot of trades in this year's draft? Um, yeah, I actually do. I because like I feel like when there's not a lot of like talent that's just going to like change your franchise yeah. with one pick, you might as well try and collect the picks. Uh, but there's certain teams. Like, the Saints love to trade up. Like, if they know they want a guy, then they love to go and get him. They've already traded up once. with it, That was the confusing draft order pick with the yeah, Eagles. it was so weird. But it was just the way Schefter worded it to everyone. It was like, I mean, you could have typed this out a little little less complicated. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I think teams will move back and, and then move forward to, you know, try and get the guys so no one steals them. But uh, I would – I would – be perfectly fine with the Falcons trading back and trying to collect more picks. Hey, I'm perfectly fine with it too. All I know, Ben, is that the Falcons take Desmond Ritter or Kenny Pickett. I saw a mock draft today where the Falcons had Desmond Ritter, and I was like, dude, how do you have a job talking about football and have the Falcons picking Desmond Ritter at eight? Falcons take Desmond Ritter or Kenny Pickett with the eighth overall pick. I might actually have the worst freak out I've had in my entire life. I might need a new TV to watch the rest of the draft. That's how angry I'm going to be. It's anyway, Vegas. It's, it's in Vegas again, isn't it? I think, it's I think in, the draft is in Vegas, which is honestly a good spot for it. I like that. I said the Super Bowl should be in Vegas every single year, too. I think it's, I just think I'm all for sports being in Vegas. I'm all about sports betting for those of y'all who follow me on Twitter, know me personally. So I'm all for it, man. I think Vegas deserves teams in the MLB, give them an NFL. Actually, it's already have NFL, but give them NBA. They have hockey, they have WNBA. I mean, I'm all for it, man. Give them all sports. What do you think, Ben? I think- I think Detroit is getting the draft, like in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four or something like that. That'll be that'll be an inter- interesting one. Talk about the worst city possible to do one in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so mad. And uh, if let's put it this way, if I'm a junior and I have a chance to get drafted pretty high, I'm coming out this year because I don't want to go to draft in Detroit next year. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about these quarterbacks, Ben. Ben and I have listed one through five our top quarterbacks. Um. I guess we'll start out with number five, Ben, and work our way down our list. I have a pretty crazy list, honestly. I'm sure you do too, Ben. Ben and I aren't aren't gonna aren't. I mean, look, these guys might go in the first round. One of these guys might be the first guy off the board. I for damn sure don't think he's the best quarterback in this class. Um, I'm gonna start out here at number five. At number five, I'm gonna go with Carson Strong from Nevada. Look, Carson Strong is a strong arm. He makes lots of big and good plays down the field. 
Um, be honest, I watched him play a few times. I was not that impressed. I was not like, you know, like I sat there and watched him. I wasn't like, damn, this guy sucks, but I also wasn't like blown away by anything he did. But honestly, I think this is a pretty weak quarterback class. I would not want to use a top 10 pick on any quarterback in this draft class, but I'm going to go with strong at number five. What about you, Ben? My only thing with strong is his mobility issues. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know. Well, he does have a really good arm. Uh, number five for me, I'm going Sam Howell. I think he dropped last year, but also the year that he exploded onto the scene, mm-hmm. his sophomore year, he also had two NFL wide receivers and two NFL running backs on the offense with him. So his lack of weapons coming back for his final year of college may have hurt him. I just kind of turned the ball over a decent amount of last year in college and yeah. just wasn't as consistent with top NFL talent. That's going to happen. North Carolina doesn't really reload like the top programs in uh, college football. So I'll have Sam Howell just I think his athletic ability and strong arm, but he's got to get a lot more accurate. His decision making's got to improve. But for number five, I'll go uh, Sam Howell. I have like rounds two through four is where I'd probably look at him. Yeah, I agree with you on that two through four for sure. Um, I actually had Sam Howell all the way down at number three. Those of y'all listening to me and Ben over the past couple of years, y'all know I'm very high on Sam Howell. I think with the right offensive coordinator, he can work a lot of these kinks out. I think Sam Howell has a big arm and can make a lot of big plays. Like you said, he was very inconsistent in college. I just think they lost so much from that first team. Like that team they had in that Deami Brown and all those guys, they were just so stacked top to bottom. I feel like this team is just really missing a lot of the depth and, you know, the run game and everything. I feel like Howell, you know, a lot of pressure was put on him. North. North Carolina's defense was supposed to be good too. And just didn't. I just feel like the entire season, you know, it was kind of a wash and Howell was kind of like, get me out of here. Let's go to the NFL. So I think Sam Howell could be better in the NFL. I mean, he really didn't get better though, which from his first year of college until his third junior year, you know, like I'd argue maybe he was his best as a freshman. So that is a little worrisome, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. And I'm going to have him at three. Um, who do you have at four, Ben? I got Matt Corral at four. Okay. Um, he's just got to improve his decision making. Now, he showed a ton of toughness in college. He took more hits than I would probably lo- like to see a star quarterback take in college. But they had so many injuries that they needed him to run the football and kind of be a running back two option for them. So, listen, he's got a really big arm, but his decision making needs to improve. Um, I think he's just the type of guy that. I mean, all these types of guys, like, they have to go to the right system for them to Mm -hmm. flourish, or I think most of these guys won't be starting quarterbacks very long in the NFL. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that one. I've seen Corral rumored a lot to the Saints. I've seen a lot of mock drafts all over the place, but I think in the one that's smartest had him going to New Orleans, which I could definitely see. I actually have Corral. I don't know if I like it as much without a Sean Payton calling plays, though. No, Sean Payton's a really creative play caller that can kind of, Kiffin's a pretty creative play caller, but, like, I don't know what the Saints offense is going to look like. Yeah, I feel like they've run Kamara into the ground. I mean, Michael Thomas supposedly is supposed to be back. I'll believe it when I see it. I feel like we haven't said that name in a long, long time. We'll see if he even has anything in the tank. He basically hasn't played football for two years straight. But, um, yeah, I actually have Corral at at two on my list. Now, I have Corral going middle of the first round to later in the first round. Look, I've seen him project to go to Tennessee. I think that'd be a great landing spot for him. I think Corral is the type of guy, I think he could be ready, depending what team he goes to, to start at the beginning of the season. He's athletic. He can run, which is good for the NFL. 
He has a strong arm. He can make big plays. He's played in big games in college. We've seen him show up in big games and also disappear in big games at the same time. I think Howell's, I mean, I think uh, Corral's a beast. He's a playmaker. I think he has everything you want in the competitive factor. Like you said, like, even though he got hurt in that bowl game, they asked him if he could go back again, if he would have sat that game out. And he said, no, I would have done that a hundred times out of a hundred. That's what I want to hear about him. He's a competitor. And I like that. I don't like guys who duck the bowl games, even though I definitely get it. Got to chase your money in a sport where money can be hard to come by and injuries are easy. I think the one flaw for him is like you said, Ben, he likes to run the ball a lot and take a lot of hits. I mean, if he runs the ball the way he did in college, college in the NFL he is not going to last more than about five or six games he's got to get down got to make get get rid of the ball and throw the ball away I think he has more upside than a lot of the other guys in here I've got him as my number two quarterback um next quarterback up I've, I've had so I'll give you all my number four quarterback <laughs> this is me and Ben have had a lot of discussions about this guy number four man I'm going with Kenny Pickett here look Kenny Pickett might be the first quarterback taken in the draft. I've seen a lot of people saying he's going to go number six by the Panthers. First of all, I pray our division rival Carolina Panthers take Penny, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett this high. I just don't see it, man. Look, Kenny Pickett, I, wa- I watch a ton of ACC football. Pitt actually over the years is one of my teams that I bet on a lot because they were very undervalued in my opinion in the ACC. They won me a lot of money. I just don't see it, man. Like when I remember when I when the Kenny Pickett was balling out this year, I was like, "Damn, it's about time." It only took him till his fifth year in college or sixth year in college. I mean, he's twenty four years old playing against eighteen year olds. You know, and he had Mario Addison to throw the ball to. It won the Blitnikoff Award for the best wide receiver. I think Kenny Pickett is a good quarterback. I'm not saying I think he's a bad quarterback. I'm just saying he has a ceiling. In my opinion, he's Teddy Bridgewater 2.0. I mean, they wear the gloves the same. He can, he's kind of athletic, can make plays. I don't think he has the big arm to make plays down the field. I think the fact that Joe Burrow was older and did what he did this year in the NFL, I think is helping Pickett's case. I think he's too old, man, and I think he's going to get exposed. I mean, an older quarterback, I think of his Brandon Whedon. I mean, what the hell has Brandon Whedon done in the NFL? I could see it being similar to that. I just don't think this is a strong QB class. I think taking him high is a mistake. I think Pickett had a good year because he was older than everybody, and I think that's why he played so much better. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not sitting here telling you guys that he's going to be Brandon Whedon 2.0. I just don't think he's going to be a top-10 quarterback that's worth you spending a top-10 pick on when you have 300 other things wrong with your football team. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think this quarterback class is that strong. I think pretty much everyone kind of feels that way. Mm-hmm. I actually have him listed as two um, because I think he's going to go that high. I don't think he's worth the top 10 pick like you mentioned either. But listen, he has a ton of experience playing football. Yeah. Um, he's played in a lot of games, just a lot of big games. He was the best quarterback in the fourth quarter in college football. Um, one of the highest QBRs last year. His decision-making got a lot better. He is a lot more mobile than people think he is. Um, he I don't know. Like he, he's like a mixture of like a like a Mitch Trubisky and – Bridgewater. And I guess – I don't know. I, and it's like he's kind of like Trubisky, except he had a lot of experience coming out of college and Trubisky didn't. Like I, I think he could just be like a solid fit for someone, but I don't think he's going to last all that long. I just – I don't think the quarterback class is very strong. I have him at two because I think someone's going to take him pretty early. Yeah, no, I think he'll definitely be off the board quick. Look, I don't think he's going to be terrible or anything. I just the, think at the end of the, the Carolina, day. The Carolina connection, by the way, is because Matt Rule recruited him when Matt Rule was the coach in Temple. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. 
Because I definitely have seen that a lot. I've heard a lot of people talk about that and throw that one out there. So, you know, I could definitely see it. Like, I, I hope it happens for <laughs> being a Falcons fan. I hope that's their quarterback. Let's put it this way. If you're drafting QB to change your franchise, I don't think it's to be Kenny Pickett. But if you're drafting – like, I think Kenny Pickett's a great pick late in the first round, you know, for a team like maybe like Pittsburgh or like, you know, like a team like Tennessee or something like that. I mean, I think he's like a Tannehill uh, – I think he's like a Ryan Tannehill, you know, yeah. Bridgewater, a game manager. I don't think he's a playmaker and difference maker. I just don't know if you draft him to be a backup when he's already 24. No, I agree with you. I see. I agree with you completely on that. Like, it's yeah. You can't really pick. But him Tannehill could be gone in a couple of years. I mean, mm-hmm. he hasn't been great. Yeah. See, I think Pickett's more like if you're looking for like if you have the roster and you need like a plug and play quarterback for this year, you know, to kind of try to do something kind of like the Vikings did with uh, Case Keenum that one year, you know, where the Bridgewater went down. Like, I think he's that type of quarterback. Um. Anyway, let's go. Let's go to who – so I've said four through three and my two even. Ben, who do you have at three right yeah, now? I got Desmond Ritter at three. Uh, just another guy, a ton of experience in college. I think he is – if you just look at his tape from last year, I think he was just shown what he can do. Another guy that's really athletic with his feet, mm-hmm. uh, can throw the ball out, outside of the pocket pretty well, really good decision maker. Uh, you know, he really didn't play horrible against Alabama. He just had zero time to throw the football. So if he can go to a team that can protect him a little bit, I mm-hmm. think he can make solid decisions with the football because he can run. Um, he's confident in his running ability. He does not throw very many interceptions. So I, I just like him better than Corral and, and, and Howell because I think he's a safer pick. I think he'll – I think – Yeah. I, I, mean, I kind of just think Matt Corral is just an idiot with a lot of talent which kind of describes Ole Miss, but um, <laughs> it's just, I, I think he, I don't know, like, uh, like he, he, he's won a lot of games. Like, I don't think he's a great, great talent, but he's kind of like a Jalen Hurts to me. Like he knows how to win football games with his style of play. And so if you can protect him, I feel like he can do some. I don't think Hurts is ever going to be a great NFL quarterback. I don't think Ritter would be a great quarterback, but, I do think you can rely on him to make smart decisions if you can protect him. It's not like a home – he's not going to go for, like, the home run, you know? Yeah. See, I was going to say that I didn't like Ritter because of what I saw out of him in that Alabama game, and I felt like that was the most NFL defense that he had faced the entire time he's at Cincinnati. And, I mean, he struggled against worse defenses, too, in some of those games. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on the offensive not line Not against thing. Notre Dame, though. Yeah, he did – I mean – Notre Dame turned the ball over a lot in that game. Yeah. yeah I, I don't feel like that had to do with Des Ritter. I think that was more the Cincinnati defense. But, you know, I think I personally had Ritter ranked sixth. I thought him and Carson Strong was a toss-up. I mean, I don't hate it. I just think, like, Ritter going in the first round is absolutely ridiculous. I think Ritter is the second yeah, and third I round him, guy. I had, him, I had him second and third round. The only guy listed as first or second round were – pick it and then the guy that you and I both will have at number one yeah yeah oh yeah so you know look I I Ritter to me he's just like middle of the pack like a lot of these other guys I just see I, I'm a, I look at Corral with the upside but I definitely get you looking at the turnover side of Corral too because Corral did do a lot of st- dumb stuff on the field I'm just trying to you know I, f- I feel like the way I look at him more is from the top side so who so who did you have at number Corral two? just like I mean obviously Corral's not going number one overall but like what's is there that big of a difference between Zach Wilson and Matt Corral? 
Not really. I mean, if Zach Wilson was in this draft class, he might go number one. I mean, I'm, they both are the shorter size and height. They both can throw the ball a country mile. They both have made plenty of poor decisions. Yeah, Obviously, they're both athletic Zach, running, I mean, too. Zach, yeah, I mean, one played at a better conference, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't see that big of a difference, and I don't think Zach Wilson – I mean, listen, the Jets haven't helped out Zach Wilson all that much, but he hasn't shown anything promising. A couple yeah. throws here and there. His biggest mm-hmm. highlight is from his pro day. No, that is a good point, Ben. I mean, I see. I agree with you on the. I like that Zach. I don't hate that Zach Wilson comparison. Actually, Zach Wilson had that one fantastic play last year that came out of nowhere. Yeah, I was about to say he did show a little bit of flashes at the end of the season, but at the same time, was with, with like Zach Wilson. I kind of question, you know, if Zach Wilson got drafted to like Tennessee or New Orleans, how much better would he have been rather than getting, you know, what I mean, stuck with the Jets? That's the thing. If Matt Corral went to the Jets, where they they are today. Hell no, he's not going to do a damn thing. You know, that's the thing with these quarterbacks, man. They got to be put in a position to succeed. But they never do. Teams are not smart enough. The teams that mm-hmm. always suck, well, they're drafting one, two, three, four, five almost every year because they keep failing on picks. You have to protect a quarterback for him to even have a chance to be good. Yeah, see, I think the or we'll, here we'll t- we'll talk about the way we think the the draft's going to fall with the quarterbacks after we finish up. So to you and Kenny Pickett, right? Yeah. Anything you want to add that we haven't already said? Nope. Okay. And then number one, I mean, we both got the same guy. You want to talk about Malik Willis a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, he's he's not just a a small-time quarterback. He he was committed to Auburn. He went yeah. to Auburn. So he's got the SEC talent that scouts saw him uh, out of high school, right? So then he didn't play at Auburn, went to Liberty. And he was like a, like a really, really dark horse candidate his uh, second to last year in college. And then everyone knew about him in Liberty's high-powered offense. With Hugh Freeze, and then this year, you know, they lost a couple games this year, but he is the most athletic quarterback in yeah. this draft. I mean, he can do everything that you need him to do with his legs. Um, not quite like a Lamar Jackson. I don't know if we're ever going to see a quarterback run like Lamar Jackson for, uh, for for a little while. But the throwing on the run, the the uh, decision making to get out of the pocket. He comes from a high-powered offense, just like Matt Corral does with throwing the ball downfield, more of like a West Coast offense and with Hugh Freeze and Corral had Lane Kiffin. This is what teams like. Teams like the athletic guy. They'll, they'll take a, a couple of the turnovers as a young quarterback, but they like the upside, and no one seems to have more upside than uh, Malik Willis. Yeah, I agree with you, Ben. See, part of me looks at Willis, and I see kind of a – it's kind of a weird comparison here, but – I feel like he's like a – I hate to do it, but I feel like he is kind of like Lamar in certain ways. But at the same time, see, I feel like he's a little bit better of a passer, but he's not the runner that Lamar Jackson is. But I don't think he's like a pure passer. You know what I mean? There's almost not really a comparison. Like somewhere somewhere in between Hurts and Lamar? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, if he threw Hurts and Lamar into a washing machine, that's probably what you would get. <laughs> like, I feel like he's like – Obviously, when he's throwing at these pro days and stuff, you're like, oh, wow, he looks good. I mean, he's not playing against a defense that's trying to take his head off. You know what I mean? So, of course, pro he days can. are so stupid. They don't have pads on. It's Yeah, it's, like, don't be blown away by something at somebody's pro day. I'm, unless, it, you know, it's like a like the running and shuttle and stuff. I understand for guys who aren't quarterbacks, but quarterback, I feel like it's all got to be game related. But unless, you know, like they have some crazy IQ score or something like that, I feel like that goes a little bit to their credit. But 
Yeah, I feel like he's somewhere in between that. See, I feel like he has to get in all – like, whoever drafts him, they need to steal, like, the Ravens' playbook and implement a lot of that because I feel like he's going to have to be part of your ground game wherever you go. See, if he comes to Atlanta, like – or Carolina, like, at least Carolina is going to have some wide receivers and stuff. They don't really have an offensive line, but at least, you know, maybe his running can make up for the flaws in the offensive line. I think he's a better pick for them than Pickett is. But, like, for Atlanta, for example, outside of Kyle Pitts – who the hell is he going to throw the football to? Our wide receiver number one is um, is Auden Tate from Florida State. I mean, he was like our number three at Florida State, and he was like a number five wide receiver for the Bengals. Not putting him in a position to succeed. I feel like Pittsburgh's the best position for him to go to is there. So I feel like he could succeed there. Mike Tomlin likes him, but I think Pickett definitely has the – or not Pickett, I think that uh, – Willis definitely has the ability to be a good NFL quarterback, but it's really going to depend on where he goes. You know, if he goes the wrong fit, man, he's going to be out just like that. So I, I feel like, though, that he's going to have to be able to protect himself running the football. He can't take hits and stuff, but geez, this ain't Liberty. This is the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't love really any of these quarterbacks. I'd love Same. for multiple of these guys to prove me wrong, but I just – the only guys that would even consider in the first round would be Pickett and Willis, and that's just because teams are going to need a quarterback. It's not that I really love them. Yeah. But. Yeah, so with all the trades I and stuff. Pitts- Pittsburgh doesn't really need a quarterback. Yeah. Didn't they get, didn't they get Trubisky? Yeah, they, they have Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and RIP Dwayne Haskins. He was their third-string quarterback. But, um, yeah, I mean, I they don't. a starting job, too, he was, I think. Yeah, Haskins. I mean, yeah, I thought he was going to have a chance at being the starting QB. Um, you know, I mean, Trubisky's I, there for two years, though. So it's like, if you, they don't really love anyone in this draft, then, I mean, Mason Rudolph can be a backup quarterback. You're not really expecting him to play all that much. So if they don't love a quarterback this draft, I would just wait. Like, I don't know why everyone's like Pittsburgh's getting a quarterback. I, the idea of a 24-year-old quarterback when your starter is, is not that bad in Trubisky – for two years, so is you gonna get rid of Trubisky in two years and have a twenty-six-year-old making his NFL debut as a starting quarterback? Like that, just what's appetizing about that? Yeah, no, I see. I agree with you completely on that take, Ben. I feel like that with Pittsburgh, if Malik Willis falls to them, I feel like Tomlin's gonna want him. I don't think Malik Willis will be there yet. Someone will have traded up by then if he keeps on falling down the board, or he'll go. I mean, I feel like see. Seattle at ten could possibly take him, even though Seattle has a lot more things that they need to address than that. Um. Yeah, just to kind of touch on where we think the quarterbacks will go. If I had to guess, if Pickett and Willis will both be off the board inside the top 10, I think somebody trades up and snags Willis or Pickett, whichever one of them keeps dropping down the board. That's just the way things go in the draft. Um, I think Corral goes in like the like back half of the first round, like the 15 to like 25 range. And then also too, Detroit has the last as the 32nd pick in the draft. So that's the last pick of the first round. I definitely see Detroit taking like Desmond Ritter or Corral or one of these quarterbacks, if they're still available there, or I could also see Detroit, see Detroit trading out of the first round with that pick, acquiring more picks and letting somebody else trade up there to take a quarterback. But regardless, I think there's going to be three to four quarterbacks taken in the first round. What do you think, Ben? I'm still going to stick with two, um, but I okay. like your theory of Detroit with the last pick because eventually Goff is not going to be their man. <laughs> yeah, see, see, I just feel like that there's no way 
that Willis and Pickett aren't gone quick, and I feel like somebody's going to take Corral in there. I don't know which one of these teams is going to take him, or somebody might even trade back in to get him. But I feel like I feel like Corral doesn't make it past pick twenty-five, and then I feel like that there's just no way that Detroit doesn't do something, or somebody doesn't do something with Detroit to get that pick the, and get a QB last minute. The last thing I'll say is like uh, the NFL draft season, you just hear some of the most ridiculous like worries that. Or, or attributes that worry people or attributes that people make them love a quarterback. It's like the, the hands thing. It's like, I mean, dude, if he could throw a football, he could throw a football. He was a starting yeah. quarterback in college for four or five years. I get that the NFL ball is a little bit bigger. I'm not worried about Pickett's hand size. If he could throw a football, he could throw a football. I mean, it's just like, and that's not even the only one, but like hand size is like the biggest, one of the biggest uh, reasons why someone – falls in love with someone or or, or uh, why people hate a quarterback every single year you hear it. It's just like so laughable to me. Mm-hmm. If, if I, the dude could throw a football, he could throw a football. I mean, Kenny Pickett has proven he can throw a college-sized football. You, can he really not throw an NFL-sized one? Yeah, for real. No, I he can definitely throw one all right, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's enough for the quarterback talk. It should be a pretty interesting draft. Another position, Ben, that we are stacked in and should see a lot going the first round. I'm interested to see what Vegas lines the over-under at for this to be wide receivers taking the first round. We're going to make it more general, though, and we're talking about offensive weapons. Ben and I were both talking in the green room before this. They were pro- ben and I both agree there's not going to be a running back taken in the first round. We don't know when the first tight end is going to go. It's pretty hard to find one going anytime in these mock drafts. Ben, let's talk about it, though, man, with these offensive weapons. Um, we'll start at number eight and go all the way to our number one. I think we're going to have pretty different lists for this, too, which honestly, yeah. you know, I'm glad because I feel like in the past for, like, draft and stuff, we typically have the same list. We had a pretty different list right there with the quarterbacks, and I feel like we're going to have something pretty different here with the wide receivers. Number eight, I went with wide receiver from UGA, George Pickens. Look, I think if George Pickens wasn't hurt all year and was able to play, he'd probably be going in the first round. I think he's going to go in the second round. I mean, runs a 4-3. He's huge. He's your prototypical NFL wide receiver. I think George Pickens will be a beast in the NFL, but because of how stacked this wide receiver class is, I have six wide receivers going ahead of him. I just think that George Pickens is going to go in the second round for that reason only. Number eight is my only running back on this list. It's Brees Hall. Um I like him the best. I think he's. I think he mm-hmm. can play all three downs right away in the NFL. Just a ton of experience. Uh, can even block pretty well out of the running back position. I. I just think we've seen a lot of guys that have been drafted uh, within the first running back positions that were taken over the last two or three years of, of his kind of size and speed and, and his attributes that he comes to the, uh, brings to the table. Yeah. So it's my only running back on the list, but Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Yeah, I actually had Brees Hall at nine and barely dodged him. I went with number number seven, though. I went with my only running back as well. I think he goes some some point in this first round as well. I went with Kenneth Walker the second from uh, Michigan State, transferred over there from Wake Forest. Like Kenneth Walker was this entire offense and almost took this team to the college football playoff. He was in the Heisman talks even late in the season. I think Kenneth Walker is a is a three-down back in the NFL. I think he's a playmaker. I think he's the type of guy who could lead the NFL in rushing and is a very versatile um, running back who can hold up over the course of a long season. I think Kenneth Walker is going to be a game-changer. I'd love to see Atlanta take him late in the second round and throw him in our offense. We haven't had a beast running back like that in a while. But, yeah, I think Kenneth Walker is an animal, man. I think he goes in the first round. I mean, sorry, in the second round. Seven for me, I'm going wide receiver at Penn State, Jahan Dotson. We've seen this this type of wide receiver 
just drafted like crazy the past couple of years. Um, whether it's Rondell Moore, Jalen Waddell, mm-hmm. uh, oh, who was uh, Kadarius Tony went pretty high in the first round. Just your mm-hmm. typical speed slot guy can get jet sweeps, can probably even play some running back. Um, can really probably even punt return a little bit. I can't remember if he did punt return or kick return at Penn State. I think he did punt return, but I might be wrong on that. Um, this position, this type of wide receiver is just really popular in the NFL now. He was, he made some spectacular catches at Penn State. Um, do you remember that one hand one he had at Ohio against Ohio State? Yeah, it was the sick. guy was like pulling up. Yeah, I mean, so Jahan Dotson is my number seven right here. Yeah, I actually have him at number six. Um, when I watched Jahan, when I watched Penn State play, their offense struggled a lot. But every single time I saw him get the ball or touch the ball, or I saw him out on the field instantly I was like damn who is that guy you know what I mean like he stands out quick on the football field not because the way he looks because what he does when he gets the ball in his hands kids and like you said he's literally the perfect prototype of those guys he's a complete game changer he will go in the first round for sure I got Jahan Dotson at six I mean he's a he's a beast man um who you got number six did you say you're seven yeah number seven I Kenneth okay that's right six I got um out of Arkansas Traylon Burks Really did a little bit of everything for Arkansas. He was he was their not their best deep man, but he was he was a deep ball threat for them. Um, he was a, a slot receiver for them occasionally. Kind of just moved all around the field. He's got a big frame. His his uh, his uh, weakness or his like negative attribute was he didn't he had really good games against top tier opponents, but the games where Arkansas didn't necessarily play a big name, he mm-hmm. didn't seem to care as much or didn't seem to go hard on every single play. Listen, if your dream is to play in the NFL, I think you can find a motor in the NFL versus a college. Just That's just my opinion. Um, really, really good hands out of this kid. Um, Traylon Burks is my number six out of Arkansas. Yeah, I actually am very high on Traylon Burks. I have him yeah. at number three on my list. Um when I watch him play, he's another one of those guys. I was like, damn, who is this guy? Look, KJ Jefferson, not a bad college quarterback. Let's be honest. He's not the most accurate quarterback. I watched Burks make some unreal snags and make Jefferson look good. I think back at the old Miss game on a couple catches he had in the end zone for touchdowns in that game. I think he had like 160 yards and like three touchdowns in that shootout game against Ole Miss. This guy's just, he's just a playmaker, man. He makes plays all over the field. He reminds me a lot of Mike Evans. Like if you throw the ball in his radius, he finds a way to go up there and get it and catch it. He can climb the ladder I feel like he can do everything I feel like he's a prototypical receiver you want in the NFL he didn't do that well on his 40 time but let's be honest there's a difference between running speed and game speed and he has game speed which is all that matters in my opinion I think this guy is going to be one I honestly call me crazy I honestly wanted to put him at number one but I wouldn't take him the I mean there I would still take the other guys over him but I think he's gonna be the best one out of all of them I'm pretty high on him um Ben, who you got coming in here at number five? My top five list, every single wide receiver in the uh, in my top five is in the category of a freak, okay? Yep. Every single one of them. Number five is George Pickens. Everything you said. I, I, don't, I don't see why, other than he's got to stay healthy, obviously. Why can't George Pickens, I'm not saying have an exact season like mm-hmm. what Jamar Chase just, just did. But everything Jamar Chase could do, George Pickens can do. Absolutely. This guy catches everything thrown in his radius, whether he has to dive for it or not. He's a actually a he's actually a really physical blocker for the wide receiver position and showed that he wasn't afraid to do it at Georgia when Georgia ran the football. 
speed, most guys cannot keep with George Pickens because his mm-hmm. size and his long strides, it, it separates him from the rest. Listen, my only negative thing about George Pickens is he's an idiot. If he can, if he can not get penalties, um, I, I think you, the only way to stop him is to grab his jersey. I, I think he is an absolute freak. I think he's one of the best college wide receivers we had. He just wasn't always on the field. Yeah, see, I agree with you completely. I, I think he goes top three if he was on the field, you know, like, and if he, or if he played it like in Alabama or LSU where he was in like a bit, or he, honestly, if he played any, any team where they were, had a big time passing offense, like Georgia's were pro style, run the ball, you know, throw a little short pass. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't in a prolific like passing offense in college. If he played one of those offenses, he probably goes even higher, honestly. He didn't even, his injury wouldn't even matter. Um, I honestly think that's a great pick. I can't disagree with you. Like, I think talent-wise, he's as good as any of these guys. I just had him at the back of my list for the for like the reasons I said earlier. Um, at number five, I actually went with Chris Olave from Ohio State. I just think this rookie class is so stacked at wide receiver. I agree with Ben. Like, my guys I have, five, uh, even Pickens, Dotson, like all these guys, I think all these guys are going to be like top-notch NFL wide receivers. I just think have Olave a little bit down from them. I think he's a little skinny, you know. I just think he's not as physical as some of these other wide receivers are. I mean, he can make plays. He has blazing speed. He has everything you want in a wide receiver. I got him at number five in an absolutely stacked class. Anything you want to add? Um, can't hear you, Ben. See if you can move your mic up a little bit. You're like We heard you, but it was like a little oh. lower volume. There you go. Who, you said Jameson Williams there? No, I said uh, Chris Olave at number five. Oh, Chris Olave. I have uh, my number four is Jameson Williams. Same. My only, my only thing with him is he just tore his ACL. I mean, mm-hmm. I think him and Pickens could be flipped, but Jameson Williams is the fastest wide receiver I have probably seen in a very yep. long time on a football field. Uh, I mean, the dude can run in a straight line. He could tell you he's running a go route. It simply did not matter. Um, <laughs> he just – listen, he was at Ohio State, and he was solid there, but what their wide receiver room was just absolutely loaded. He came to Alabama and was an All-American, and he was the best deep threat in college football. His yards after the catch is crazy good. He, he's coming back from a torn ACL, pretty similar to Pickens in just record timing. Um as long, I mean, if he's healthy, once he once that knee gets healthy for him, I don't really think there's any limitations for him. He's a little skinny, but most of the Alabama receivers coming to the NFL are skinny. Um, this guy's speed is ridiculous. Yeah, I have him at number four as well. If Honestly, if he didn't tear his ACL, he might even be higher on my list. I feel like every single one of these wide receivers, I'm trying to make an excuse for why they're not higher on my list. That's how good all these guys are. All the reasons you said, though, Ben. I mean, anybody who watched this guy in the SEC championship game, he was an absolute nightmare. If you want to see, if you didn't if you didn't watch a lot of college football this year, just go watch. Just put it on YouTube, Jamison Williams, SEC championship highlights. I mean, he absolutely torched Georgia. Like, you had not seen that defense get torched all season long. Um, number three, I had Trelon Burks. Who do you have at number three, Ben? Chris Alave. Okay. One of um, the smoothest route runners in this year's draft. Just ridiculous hands. Um, you know, top-notch speed. This guy can really do everything. I'll, I'll go ahead and just go with my number two because it's his teammate, Garrett yeah. Wilson. Ridiculous route runner. I mean, the definition of sweet feet, especially in the red zone, um, the crazy thing about Ohio State is I have their both their wide receivers at two and three in my rankings. 
the wide receivers, and I think the guy that's better than both of them is back in college. Hot take right there. Um, I actually agree with that. Smith, are you talking about Smith and Jigba? Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> yeah he went crazy in that bowl game both against Utah. Garrett Wilson and and uh, Chris Olave when he was a when Smith and Jigba was a freshman said, "If you think we're good, wait till this guy comes on the scene." And we saw him in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he got the number one looks, and look how good he looked. Him and Stroud are going to be unreal this mm. next year in college football. Um, I actually have Garrett Wilson at number one, but I mean, all the reasons he said, Ben, he can do it all. I just think he's a little bit more physically complete than Alave is. I just feel, I feel like, like, look, you can look at wide receivers in two ways. You can look at them as one, like you have guys who are like Jerry Rice, who, you know, like Jerry Rice is not the best athlete in the NFL, but he was just a freak route runner and he had the hands and he was just smart. You know what I mean? Like he knew how to move with the quarterback when the quarterback was in trouble and he just knew how to get open kind of like Debo Samuel. And then you have guys like like Randy Moss, who are just the most talented player on the field and just do it all with that. I feel like Garrett Wilson's got all of it wrapped up into one, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess the guy who Ben is at number one and I have at number two, Drake London. Drake London is that guy like Randy Moss. He has all of it rolled up into one. The only reason, honestly, why I want Garrett Wilson over him is just because – I don't know. I just feel like that I didn't watch Drake London play enough in college. I mean, I think it's all there, obviously, but I just felt like when I watched those Ohio State guys, I was just blown away by how good they were. I mean, obviously it was two by Drake London, but I don't know. I just I, – I could I could, I put him at two, but, I mean, look. Uh, I just – I, I love his size. This guy can yeah. go up and get any ball. I think that's pretty valuable um, in today's game, with whether it's in the red zone or if you – bring him to a team that has a young quarterback you could just throw it up to him he's a really good route runner and his his catch radius is just ridiculous he can go up and get any ball and he's pretty fast i don't remember what he ran in the do you remember what do you have pulled up or do you remember what he ran in the 40 no i don't i can look it up though, I, I just know that his, his catch radius is he's the guy that you could throw it up in a 50 50 ball and it's not 50 50 it's more like 70 30 and i i just think he can really help a team right away um with his size and listen, he like people on the West coast just raved about this man and USC wasn't even that good. So that just tells me something. He's almost number one or number two on everyone's draft board. So he's going to be number one on mine for wide receivers. Yeah, I think that's a good call there, Ben. You can't go wrong either way, I think, between him and Wilson. I'm hoping the Falcons end up taking one of these two guys. I've seen this rumor to take a wide receiver in the draft. Um, Ben, anything else you think we need to add before we get out of here, man? I don't think so. I think I'm good. The draft is like, obviously, it's it's a it's a TV show. If if you want me to be honest, like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I just like I get that it's their job, and I get that it's breaking news. But I and I I'm just not going on Twitter. But I hate that like Schefter and all these guys tweet the picks before it's like if if you want to make it a TV show and a grand TV spectacle make it announced live on TV because it's not social media is just so prevalent in today's world that the picture announced like not seconds. They're announced minutes before the commissioner is even coming up on stage. It's like, sometimes you go on Twitter, it's like Adam Schiff or whoever does it. Um, it they're tweet like, Oh, the Atlanta Falcons take this. And there's like two minutes on the clock on TV. So, yeah. you know, I won't be on Twitter because I actually like to see the picks live, but Same. That's just, it's just a complaint that is never going to be, uh, never going to make me satisfied. 
No, I agree with you completely. I can't lie though. Whenever it takes the I've, fun out of it. Yeah, whenever I have bets on the line though, and it's like one or two picks away from my bet being decided with a draft bet, I will get on Twitter to see if I'm right or wrong yeah. to take away some of the suspense. But um, besides that, all I do agree with you though, Ben. It does take the fun out of it. But also the other thing I was gonna say too, it used to be even worse, man. In the NBA draft, in the NBA draft, they would be like three picks ahead of the commissioner walking out and telling yeah. them until ESPN finally took Woj away from Dude, Yahoo. It's like I might as well go play MLB The Show and just have Twitter and just keep refreshing my page. I won't miss a pick. Yeah. No, like literally you could see the picket picks like minute like, – like literally the NBA draft. Like I remember the – like the Marcus Smart was like the fifth pick by the Celtics. I knew Marcus Smart was going fifth to the Celtics but in the middle of the second overall pick. Like that's how far ahead they were. It was ridiculous. And then finally ESPN got Woj. It was hilarious. You could literally read the comments on Woj's thing there and be like, dude, we get it. You know all the picks, but stop. <laughs> All right, Ben. Um, once again, man, it's fun to do it. As draft keeps getting closer and closer, we'll keep on uh, pushing with draft content. But appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.